0: I had taco Bell at the Tokyo Dome the other day. I was I I went to the giant store there and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try a taco from Taco Bell. And the shell was a little bit different,
1: but yeah. other than that,
0: everything tasted the same.
1: Everyone, welcome to the ComingToAmericaBaseball.com podcast. I am joined this week by a special guest to Japan and a special guest to the podcast, Mr. Chris Chapman. Now, Chris is the producer of the Vegas Golden Knights Insiders. That's a radio show out of Las. Radio show or podcast, Chris?
0: Radio show. Yep. Radio daily. show out
1: of uh, Las Vegas, daily, and also one of the co-hosts of other football podcasts world traveler. He's lived in Taiwan. He's here in Japan now. Loves reggae and many different types of Japanese foods. Chris, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thanks for having me, Phil. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. And uh, it, it's funny how we connected. You know, we, we started, you have a Vegas connection and uh, we, we somehow connected on Twitter through that. And uh, my wife is now, well, my wife is Japanese and I'm now visiting for, for a couple <laughs> more days. Yeah, for a few more days before I head back to the States. And well, getting over here was quite the, uh, it seemed like an impossible task because of the restrictions that Japan has for, for people coming in. But, uh, we connected once I got over here, I think you maybe saw one of my Hanshin Tigers tweets or something. And, uh, but yeah, I, uh, I love it. I mean, Japan is, is one of the greatest countries in the world. I mean, it's, it's clear. I know you're in Osaka or down near Osaka. Kobe. Yeah. I, I was, I was in Osaka about five or six years ago and fell in love with the city and, now I've really had a chance to spend a lot of time in Tokyo because my wife is in Yokohama and uh, I was here in January and then I came back about a month ago and I've been here since. And Tokyo might be the greatest city on the planet. Like, I mean, it, it's amazing. I mean, I, I love this country. I've always enjoyed it here, even before I had the, the, the wife. It's, it's amazing, the culture, the food, the people, just how simple life seems to be, yet it's so complicated in many aspects. I, I A really lot
1: less stressful in many ways than where we're from uh, on the east coast of New York originally. Yeah, yeah, we're from too Long far. Island. No, and sadly, we are Jets fans at this moment. I don't want them to win another game this season. I want I'm kind the of first-round pick. at first like pick. I wanted them to
0: beat the <laughs> Patriots the other night, or I guess the other morning. Here, I'm watching the game, and I'm like, you know, they're going to blow this game that. because they it's couldn't Adam even Gates. do it. Yeah, they couldn't yeah, do it. Like, you can't even <laughs> you can't even lose in. in just get blown out. Like, don't even bother. But, ah, uh, and then I saw that they were going to make, they added another playoff spot because of the COVID stuff for the NFL. And I'm like, the Jets have already been eliminated from that, too.
1: <laughs> they were eliminated week two. What are you talking about?
0: Yeah. No chance.
1: <laughs> Who's your hockey team growing up? Is it the Flyers or the Devils?
0: No, I- I grew up in New Jersey so I was a big New Jersey Devils fan growing right, up and uh right. 1994 I was I was a freshman in high school and uh they lost to the Rangers in game 7 in double overtime. Matteo,
1: Matteo, Matteo. Yeah, yeah
0: Stefan Matteo.
1: And
0: and it broke my heart and I was upset yeah. for uh quite a while and then the next season started or it was delayed because of a, a player dispute, player owner dispute. And they played half a season and the Devils ended up winning the Stanley Cup. And I was like, all right, I don't care about the Rangers anymore. That doesn't hurt. The Devils won. They ended up winning two more, losing two in the finals as well. So, uh, yeah, I grew up rooting for the Devils. And the funny thing is I actually talked to Mark Messier a couple of years ago at uh, the NHL Awards, which is always in Vegas. And I, I started by telling him how he hurt me so much as a kid when they, when they and he kind of like laughed. He's like, good. <laughs>
1: uh, I heard he's a great guy, though. <laughs> yeah, he was really
0: cool, really funny guy.
1: Yeah. So you grew up in Jersey. Uh, where'd, where'd you go to uh, college and where'd you study radio? How'd you get into it?
0: Um, I grew up on the shore, um, Ocean County. Uh-huh. I was born in Point Pleasant. Uh, a lot of people know Point Pleasant Beach. I was born there and I spent most of my, my younger years in Lakewood, which is home to the Phillies uh, single okay. A South Atlantic League club, the uh, Blue Claws. Mm-hmm. and um, I played my Little League there, 1975, Little League World Series champs. Whoa. And the funny thing is, I, I moved to Tom's River, went to high school there. My brother played in Tom's River, uh, his Little League, and they ended up winning the Little League World Series in 98, I think it was. With um,
1: Todd? Um, Todd Frazier.
0: Yeah, Todd played for, plays for the Mets. And the funny yeah. thing is, when my brother was playing his 12-year-old ball, we were still in Lakewood, and they ended up losing – to a team from Tom's River that ended up going to the world series, but lost before they got to the finals. And then the same little league from Tom's River went back a couple of years later and won it. But uh, yeah, I grew up in that, in that area, ocean County. Um, I moved to Phoenix after high school, spent a couple years living there going to school. Um, It wasn't really working out for me. I, I probably wasn't quite ready for college. I was, you know, you take a guy from Jersey and you put him in Phoenix and you've got, spring training baseball in february and you've got girls in halter tops and things like that
1: (laughs) it's hard to concentrate on school you know absolutely yeah it's like a resort yeah i was (laughs) spending my
0: my class time at at the angels practice facility there on south mountain and not in class and i was like yeah you know what tempe's cool i love i love the campus but asu yeah but i'm all i'm all about uh checking out some baseball and I still have a ball to this day that, that was signed by like 25 guys from that 1998 angels team. I think I got Cecil Fielder on there. I, I think Troy, Troy Gloss is on that ball. He was a rookie, I think at the wow. time. So uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I went to all the facilities there. Scottsdale was cool for the giants. And um, I liked actually going to games in Scottsdale. It was just a hassle to get there from where I lived, but I mean, spring training in Phoenix, why go to school? Then I, I ended up working as, as a flight attendant for a little bit for Continental Airlines. and Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I did a little bit of traveling and I fell in love with it. And I was like, this is great. But then 9-11 happened that I was like, mm. I don't really know if I want to do this anymore. I It's funny. hard job, right? It's, it's yeah, a lot of it, it, the, demanding
1: and not great
0: pay. Yeah, living out of a suitcase is, is tough, right? Because mm. I was doing international, but when I was doing domestic at earlier in, in my in my job, you you could be gone for three four days and you're you're in a different city every night. It's like, it's kind of like playing in the NBA without the pay. <laughs> yeah,
1: know? I know the, so, I know the feeling. Working in baseball, you're on the road a lot. Yeah,
0: yeah. And the funny thing is, I was I'll never forget it. it my memory is, is sometimes really pristine. And I was on a, I was flying from Detroit back to Newark, New Jersey. It was the same day that Dale Earnhardt was killed in, at the Daytona Five Hundred. Michigan State basketball had a game that day and they had just won. I don't remember who they played, but Bill Raftery, the great college basketball commentator was on my flight and we started talking and I was just rattling off things about college basketball. And he, 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 with a straight face, he said to me, he goes, why are you doing this? He said, he goes, you know, enough to be doing something else. And he'll probably never remember the story, but I'll ever forget one
1: one of the greatest color men in college basketball. Yeah. 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 I mean,
0: with the kiss, right? Like that's his, that's his, and, and
1: (laughs) And I I met him once too. Nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really nice guy. That was
0: a turning point for you, huh? That was it.
1: The the light bulb went off.
0: That maybe I could do it, but I was happy flying at the time. And then, like I said, Mm -hmm. 9-11 happened. I went back to school. I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I, I was like, you know, maybe I'll learn a foreign language so I can make more money. And it didn't really pan out. It was really damn difficult to learn a foreign language, even as a 21, 22-year-old guy.
1: Yeah. And uh, uh, now I'm 41.
0: It's, it's, which is, After which...
1: 11 years old, actually, there's research done that that part of your brain kind of closes up. It's possible. I mean, I've, I work on my Japanese constantly, but I'm like, sometimes I'm like, eh, Nani? You know, <laughs> what? Can you say moichiro? You say it again? And yeah. then like, if I could get like three or f- half of the sentence, I can usually put it together, but there's no way I'm ever going to be at a native level of, of yeah.
0: Japanese or even you know close I, to it. I'm, I'm proud of myself in that I can read a little bit of hiragana.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't exactly know what it, what it says, but like I go to the train station and I can, a lot of times I can read the, the station in hiragana and I'm like, mm. okay, well, I know that this is not where I get off. Like, at least I have that aspect of that's it. That's good. However, you keep working I, at
1: that and then learn the katakana,
0: too. That's hard. Then, you know, the kanji is really tough. The
1: kanji is the hardest. I mean, Japanese people don't even know it all. There's thousands of characters.
0: Yeah, that's what um, my wife was saying. I mean, it, it, it's pretty wild. I mean, I, I know when the day comes that I move back here, I am going to have to grasp a little bit more of the language, especially, like, if I'm out on my own. But... I mean, I I, I feel like I, I I know I know a few sentences, which is good. I lived in Taiwan for a little bit teaching English, ironically,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: and um, you know, it, it's like I feel like I know more Japanese than I ever knew Chinese. And the funny thing is, my my son is fluent in Chinese; like he is a fluent Chinese speaker. He's he's half Taiwanese, so he speaks all three he speaks his mom in, 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 yeah, he, he tells me he knows
1: Mandarin, Mandarin.
0: Yeah. Mandarin. Because his his great grandmother who, who is still alive. She's old enough to where she never learned Chinese in school. She, she grew Mm. up learning Japanese and Taiwanese and she doesn't speak Chinese. So in order for him to communicate with her, when he's in Taiwan, he has to be able to have a little bit of understanding of Taiwanese. So he knows, he knows all three, Mandarin, Taiwanese, and English. His Taiwanese isn't great, but his Mandarin is phenomenal. And his, mm. his uh, English is obviously excellent as well. But uh, So I went back to school, started working in radio. Um, I met the right person, the general manager at Lotus Broadcasting, Tony Benici. In college, he was a friend of a professor's, professor of mine, and professor brought him in to talk one day, and I just was like, I need to get to know this guy. He gave me his card. He, I started interning there. Um, I graduated college. I interned actually working for the Colorado Springs Sky Sox uh, radio broadcast. Wow. Did was you play-by-play? Uh, play? No, no. I, I didn't. They, they had a a, a post. and They would break in. Dan Karcher was actually their play-by-play their play guy at the time. And they would break into a, um, like, Game Break's or we would play a highlight from like a major league game. And I would say, all right, that was, you know, Troy gloss with a three run homer for the angels, courtesy of you did, you did whatever updates.
1: Station. updates yeah. Of like we were update doing guy. updates. And then yeah.
0: I would do a post-game show.
1: This was you know, in, all Sky in Sox, Arizona. Ball.
0: Oh, no, this was in this? this was in Colorado Springs. Colorado, right? Okay, so you yeah, were the John were...
1: Minko of Colorado Springs at one point. Yeah, yeah, I was the <laughs> Mink man. Yeah, the Mink.
0: Um, so he just
1: retired, too. Did he? Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was phenomenal. Beningo, Beningo retired last week, and old yeah, and I saw guy. they brought
0: back uh, um, what's his Marv name? Marv Albert. <laughs> no, the the guy who got in trouble for uh, cart.
1: Oh, Carton. oh, yeah, Carton yeah. is with evan now i don't know how it's going to work out I, yeah I, but
0: i love carton yeah. like to me yeah he, he's one of the best in the business i mean it's a shame that he got it's himself in trouble sure but but he's he's phenomenal like he well, now knows... we can
1: talk about gambling right so there's yeah evan, right yeah, exactly. a lot of stations are going towards the gambling is your now can you mention which station you work for if, if you don't want to that's okay yeah i
0: i work for uh fox sports las vegas Okay. Uh, part of Lotus Broadcasting, Lotus actually is is the Las Vegas Sports Network. We have uh Raider Nation Radio which is 8 hours a day of of Raider football talk. I'm
1: I am secretly pretty- a little bit of a Raiders fan just Yeah.
0: <laughs> it, it's funny. I grew up a Jets fan obviously mm-hmm. like we talked about, but uh being involved with the Raiders Raiders Radio is kind of I follow the Raiders now a little bit more than I ever did and you know, like, we we one of the shows I produce, we bring um, uh, Hunter Renfro on every week. And he's wide receiver with the Raiders. I think he caught the, the winning touchdown in a national championship football game for Clemson. And I'm like, he's one of the nicest people I talk to. Like, he, he's super friendly every time. He's cool. He's funny on the radio. So, I, like, that's the funny thing. Like, when you get in the business, you, you kind of stop being a fan. Like yeah. it's because you can't like with the Golden Knights. I, I'm I'm now on my once our season starts. I'll be on my fourth season of covering the Golden Knights. You started and
1: since the beginning, right? You've covered since day one. The I mean, I yeah. I
0: was in the locker room the night of October one. They had a preseason game against San Jose, and I was in the locker room talking to those guys. I went home, and then the October one thing happened. So like, right, right, right. You you develop. A- Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and you develop relationships with the players. Sure. And, you know, like one of the most maligned guys, I think, in franchise history is Malcolm Subban. He was a backup goalie for Flurry. And he never really played a lot. But when he played, sometimes he struggled. And I think because you, you don't, with, for a goalie, I feel like you need to play in order to be good. But Subban was one of the coolest guys. Like me and him would talk about reggae music. In, in my Twitter profile, I mentioned that I'm a big yeah, reggae I music fan. And Subban, his, his family immigrated to Canada from the West Indies. And so we would oh, wow. we would talk reggae music. But you develop relationships with players, and it's hard to root for or against them. It's, it's You want to see them succeed, but you don't actively cheer for them. Because as a professional, you're not supposed to. But when they lose, it's hard because when they lost to San Jose last year, I guess it would be the 2019 season. They lost in game seven to San Jose. In the hockey circle, it's an infamous game because they were winning three nothing with 10 minutes to go in the game. They called a horrible major penalty. Um, on the Golden Knights player was ejected from the game they give up four goals in a five minute span they end up scoring unbelievable I remember that yeah and walking in the locker room after that game was one of the toughest things I've ever had to do as a professional because a the season was over the way they lost like I think walking in the locker room after that game was harder than walking into the locker room when they lost in the Stanley Cup finals because I they don't got feel robbed. like
1: they got robbed.
0: Yeah. The heartbreak yeah. was there mm-hmm. for both games, but the way they lost that game to mm-hmm. San Jose, it was devastating. And I don't think the fan base here or in Vegas will ever get over it. Mm. I don't know if those players will ever, they may put it behind them, but I don't know if they'll ever get over it. So you develop these relationships and it's hard to really, you develop relationships with guys on other teams too. So it's hard to root against players and teams because you may like certain guys on certain teams, just because they're good with what you do. And like one of my favorite players is Matthew Barzal. He plays for the Islanders. Yeah. Now Vegas and the Islanders only play twice a year. Our, right. But when they play, I don't root for either team. I want to see Matthew Barzal do exceptionally well because I really, really like him and I love talking
1: good to him. He's guy, a good really, kid.
0: Yeah. Really good kid. I mean, just a good. super nice guy. And, I remember telling him at the NHL awards when he was up for rookie of the year, I said, Hey, I said, you're my favorite player. One of my favorite players to watch in the league. And a lot of guys would be like, Oh, okay, great. He was like, man, that's really awesome. He was like, I appreciate that. So you, you root for players and, and sure. You know, it's, it's really hard with college because UNLV football, UNLV basketball, they've fallen on some hard times. Yeah. And my sister station ESPN 1100, we carry UNLV football and basketball. I, I when I was a, a student, I never booed when the team struggled because I'd go to class and I'd have some of these guys in my classes. They're just kids. Yeah. But when you go to a game and you see fans booing college players, like to me, that, that sucks. Because
1: sports is entertainment to a lot of people. It's like almost like
0: WWE. They can't draw a line
1: between WWE and NFL. You know, it's all the same cheering room. They don't look at the athletes as people.
0: Well, and it's funny because they don't realize it's a business. It's funny you mention that because I went to a soccer game last night, J League game. I've become a big Shonan Shonan Belmare fan somehow. I don't ask me how I just, are they the local team or what's that?
1: Are they, the, are they, they're not, where are they based out of?
0: They're based in here at in Kanagawa, but yeah. I love the mascot. It's like a mermaid like King Neptune. And I, I went to the game last night. They played Yokohama F Marinos, another Kanagawa team, the defending league champs. You would think that the Shonan fans hated Yokohama and their players no it was just the opposite when they when they introduced the yokohama players the shonan fans clapped like mm. they weren't cheering for them but it was like a, a respect thing like all right these yeah. are the opposing players that's
1: the culture this is the culture we respect them
0: difference. we're going we're going to show them we respect them yeah you go to you go to an nfl game and they're introducing you're at a patriots jets game and they're introducing the starting lineup and they roll oh, they roll out Definitely. Yeah, I mean, the blues, blues are people throwing stuff on the field. Yeah. So, like, that was what – it really kind of surprised me at, at how, you know, just respectful the fans were here at the J-League game. I mean, there was some – there was no cheering, which I know is the COVID thing because I've, I've heard, like, the atmosphere. In January when I was here, we went to an FC Tokyo match, and which, by the way, their stadium is way the hell out in the middle of nowhere – it's, it's pretty far from Tokyo. It's Ajinomoto Stadium. And it, it took us a while to get there, even from Yoka. When we were in Tokyo, it took us a while to get there. But there was a lot more cheering and there was singing. And I know now because of the COVID stuff that there's none of that. But I was amazed that everybody was wearing a mask, even outside separated. And they asked you not to yell and cheer. And there was no yelling and cheering. There's no way that that happens in the States. It's It's just the difference the it may not seem like a big difference to people here, but for someone who who is based in the states and sees what happens in the states, it blows well, me away just the again, you know we're taught
1: from very young elementary school here you have to cooperate with other people it's a small you know it used to be an even more populated country the there's a major population decline but yeah even you know they like for example in elementary school, I don't know if you know this. A lot of people may not know this, but there are no janitors. There are no custodians. The kids clean the schools. They pick, they, you learn to pick up after yourselves. You won't see at these sporting events trash on the ground. People will pick it up and put it in the bins. So yeah, it's a you really know, cooperative you know, country.
0: I noticed that when I went, when I went to that game in January in Tokyo, my wife – and I had always, I, you know, it's one of those things like you hear about it and I guess maybe you forget it. But I remember seeing at the World Cup a couple of years ago. They, they kind of made mention of the fact that the Japanese fans in Brazil, they would bring garbage bags and they would pick up and they would clean up after the matches and they would put their garbage in the bag and take it with them. I had completely forgotten about that moment when mm-hmm. we went to that FC Tokyo match. My wife she had a bag with her and she threw like the Doritos or whatever it was that we were snacking on and the soda that we were drinking. And she put it in the bag after the game and took it with her. There's no garbage cans on the street here. I, 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 the only place I see trash receptacles are next to vending machines.
1: Yeah. Which stations have them too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, And it's like, I, 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 it's funny, like you always hear it's your what responsibility, a clean
1: country, right? You, you know, yeah. you, you ate it, you got to find a place to throw it out.
0: You always hear what a clean country Japan is, and I don't think you realize it until you're actually here and you take notice of things like, like I was in, even like when you go to Kabukicho, it's like it has this bad reputation. And it's the cleanest, most seediest area I think I've ever been in in my life because you hear all the it, what, about the reputation and what goes on there. And it's like, you're walking around and you're like, there's no graffiti. There's no garbage. Like you do that in New York. Like it's it's polar opposite. Like there's parts of New York City that I would never go into. And it's funny because you hear people telling you, oh, don't go to Rapongi, Don't go to Kabuki and you walk through there and you're just amazed. Like, I always made the joke about when I lived in Taiwan, I could walk down, like where I lived in, I lived in Taiwan, which is like 30 minutes from Taipei. And it's actually home of, of monkeys, the baseball team, their stadium I mean, Rakuten, is, is Rakuten yeah, and Monkeys, and Monkeys.
1: Rakuten monkeys yeah. they, they
0: were Lamigo for a long time and now they're Rakuten. Right. I know but like, like the
1: foreign unofficial cheerleader. Um, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Around there. Richard. Yeah. Uh, RJ. So like, you know, we're, RJ? We're, no, no, I don't know RJ. Yeah. But when I lived there, I lived in an area that was, I guess, kind of like the red light district of Taoyuan. Mm-hmm. And there were nights where I would I would be up at 2 a.m. and I would go get a soda or something. And I'd walk through the area where there's guy. There's literally guys on the street pitching prostitutes. Not to me. Not to foreigners, but to drunk Taiwanese who were leaving karaoke bars. Mm -hmm. And I used Mm -hmm. to make the joke that I could walk down the worst street in Taiwan at two o'clock in the morning and not one person would bother me. Like, I don't even exist. Like, they don't even see me. I'm not even there. I kind of feel like it's the same way in Tokyo. Like, I could probably walk through the worst areas of Tokyo at two, three o'clock in the morning and nothing would happen to me
1: yeah I I've, like every country I've lived in, in in Asia, Thailand, South Korea here never felt threatened at all even when I, I was in Osaka
0: I, mm-hmm. I, I felt even though I, I heard that Osaka has some rough areas compared to Tokyo I was in those areas and, and I mean I wasn't there at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning but like I would I, I heard like oh yeah you gotta go eat at this restaurant or whatever so I'd go check it out no problem, nothing at all and like, I'm, I continue to be amazed at like what major news, what what constitutes major news here, compared to the states. Like, there's very little negative news I notice. Like, yeah, yeah they may talk about a, like my wife was taught because I don't understand it when we watch it, but I guess there was a girl who did who at Haneda Airport who did some hor- a really horrible thing. She gave birth to a child and and. Unfortunately, she, she killed the child, and mm. this was at the airport, and even that, like, they only talked about it for, like, two, three minutes. Like, it wasn't like, we're throwing it at you, and we're going to constantly talk about it. It's like, yeah, it's this not is what like, happened.
1: There's no there's TMZ no here or anything, you know. People, the yeah. American, a lot, sadly, a lot of American news outlets just thrive off of drama.
0: Yeah, even, well,
1: even major it news, Yeah, it, it does. The, and both, you know, it doesn't matter... What network it is! What political party it is! Yeah, you know it. It's on both sides. Uh, some yeah, it less definitely. Than is. O- some less than others, I think. Some less yeah. than others. <laughs> but um, wow! So you here during uh, COVID, and uh, now how did I was wondering how'd you get over here? What kind of visa? Because uh, you know you have a, a marriage visa.
0: No, we. I I had thought about when when the hockey season ended. I I jokingly said to my wife, I said, Hey, now that I have some time between hockey, I'm going to, I'm going to look into getting a spouse visa Mm -hmm. and maybe coming to visit. So I called the consulate in LA and the woman said, well, she said to me, well, you're in Nevada. So you have to go through San Francisco. Mm -hmm. I said, okay. But she gave me a little bit of information. So when I called San Francisco, I said, hey, look, this is my situation. I want to get a spouse visa so I can go visit my wife. The guy said, well, where's your wife? I said, she's in Yokohama. He goes, is she Japanese? I said, yeah, she's a Japanese citizen, born and raised. You know, she's never lived anywhere else. And he said, well, you can get a special visa, special Hmm. entry visa. Okay. I said, okay, tell me more. So. It's not a spouse visa, but I was able to get it by virtue of the fact that my spouse is here and we've been separated because of COVID. She was supposed to come in April. I was supposed to come here in in July. We actually had tickets for the Olympics. We had tickets for um, handball, which is in uh, Harajuku, where they built the handball facility. And then we had tickets for the semifinals of the women's soccer, which was actually at yokohama nissan stadium here in yokohama obviously neither of those happened because of COVID. are they
1: good for next year
0: they are we think but we Uh don't know yet yeah um so the guy told me look you can get this special visa you can come and you can spend you know however much time you need 90 days is basically what i have from the day it's issued
1: yeah it's like a tourist visa yeah in the past so
0: i had to fill out some paperwork um, why I was going, how long I was going to be there, a daily itinerary of what I was going to do. Um, we didn't. We had, you had some a things planned. PCR
1: plan- check, COVID check before you yeah, got on the plane
0: yeah. within so, seventy-two yeah, hours, right? Yeah, I I needed yeah. to take a test, which I paid out of pocket for mm-hmm. at a place that, that did it rapidly. I had my results in an hour, obviously negative. Um, and in that in that form, I had to have filled out by the doctor that said that I was negative and what kind of tests they did and things like that. I did it the day before I flew. So I was, I I said, listen, in case there's any, I had a couple of flights canceled and changed on me so that in case there's anything that goes bad between the time I get the test and the flight, I'm going to give myself extra time Hmm. in my reservation in case there's a cancellation and I can't go until the next day. It had to be within seventy-two hours of me getting on the flight to go to Japan. Right, mine was within twenty-four. Um, then the thing was, I needed to have her fill out an invitation form, basically inviting me into the country. Mm-hmm. Detailed itinerary: We had, like I said, we were gonna we had planned to go to um, Kawaguchi Lake Kawaguchi, and we were gonna go to Misaki. So I put those down on this form, sent them my passport. Came back a couple of days later. They called me asking me something, and the guy said, "Listen, everything looks good. If you get a phone call from us, that's when there's a problem." He goes, "But everything looks good. My boss will sign off on it." And They sent it back to me. I got it like a week, ten days after I sent it in. Got on the plane, had the test. There nobody were nobody on the plane, people, right? I, nine, nine, people. nine people on my <laughs> flight, A and A from LA to. I had, oh, that was the other thing. Because she's in Yokohama, I was going to fly to Haneda. Well, ANA canceled the flight from LA to Haneda, and now I had to fly from to Narita, an hour and a half away. I'm not allowed to use, I wasn't allowed to use public transportation for 14 days. I was, I was supposed to quarantine for 14 days, um, which I did. And basically... She was able to work did they from check
1: home. Check on you every day? Did they? No, not every day, but the health the health a ministry line did line onto your phone or anything. No, but the um, health ministry
0: did call a few times. Okay. Asking me, um, asking her if I was okay, if I had any symptoms and such. Mm-hmm, I don't know if they mm-hmm. were checking up on me as much as they were just making sure that I wasn't like sick. Right. Um, and then when I landed, I took a, a, a saliva test, which. They they make you take the test pretty much as soon as you get off the plane. Right. And then you you go wait in this room with like 20 other people, but it's a huge room. And the girl next to me lived in Niigata. She was Japanese girl. I don't know if she was a student or if she lived in the States now, but she was from Niigata. She told me she had to stay in Tokyo in a hotel for two weeks before she can get on the plane and fly to Niigata mm-hmm. because... They don't, they weren't doing, they considered the flight from Narita to Niigata to be public transportation. Right. So they allowed her to fly to Japan, but once she landed in Japan, they didn't allow her to fly to her final city. Yeah. Um, I had an issue with immigration because they weren't satisfied with my, um, Koseki Tohan. Even oh, the, though the uh,
1: marriage, the marriage record.
0: Yeah, even though yeah. it was within the last year, they wanted something more recent, which oh. to me, which to me was was baffling. Oh, I'm man. like, what difference does it make? I've got the visa; it was the consul approved it, you know, mm-hmm. so it was satisfactory for them. I had a marriage license with me that showed that we got married. But, you got
1: married in Vegas too? No, we got married in Japan. In Japan, so you so just every, went my to marriage, a- yeah, you go to the office, and I did yeah, it. Yeah, my
0: marriage license was, we actually did it in Shinjuku at Godzilla, which which is pretty oh, funny, cool. but um, <laughs> we, uh, fortunately, immigration was understanding, and there were, like, four or five people, like, looking over all my stuff, talking, and I'm like, what the hell's going on, and they let me call my wife, and I put her on the phone with the guy at immigration, and he talked to her, and. He said, "Okay, everything's good. And, you know, they stamped my passport and let me through. But I was worried that they weren't going to let me in. I was like, this is scary. You get all by the way all the way there. Yeah. So you go you you talk to like four or five different quarantine officials before you actually get to immigration. So there were like people who had already looked over my paperwork. So that's like the final step. Now, those people didn't look at my marriage stuff. They just looked at my my testing paperwork. But I was like, oh, my God. Like, even when I checked in at ANA in L.A., they took my stuff and they went back in the office and they had to make sure that everything was good. And then they gave me my ticket, let me on the plane. But, yeah, it was a really interesting experience. I mean, I don't know how many people I was telling my wife. I said, anyone who sees me must think that I live here because I don't think they are allowing a lot of people in. No, there's no from, tourist visas at all. You yeah. have to, you know, if
1: you're like, I have a spouse a visa. Or I actually, no, I have a permanent visa now. So I used to have a spousal. I can come and go as I please, but there was a while there. They just recently, maybe in the last couple of months started to let permanent residents back into Japan, permanent residents couldn't even get in. There was yeah, a travel was- ban.
0: I was reading yeah. a lot of that on Twitter. There's a guy that mm-hmm. I that I've started interacting with who lives in Phoenix, and he went back for a funeral, mm. and he uh, he got stuck in the states in Arizona, and well, they should have let
1: I, him back in because I think that was one of the humanitarian grounds reasons they would let you yeah, I don't, if you had went over for a funeral or medical um, purposes or something like that, and you yeah, had I was proof. Just,
0: yeah. Really poor timing for him. I mean, a friend of mine in Belize, or he's he's from Belize, but he lives in Taiwan. He had an issue with his passport, Belizean passport. He had to fly back to Belize, and he was in Belize. He flew from Taiwan to Belize and he was there for like 36 hours and flew back because he caught wind of the fact that Belize was going to close all their in and out routes on flights they weren't allowing anyone in or out for like 30 days and he was like if i don't get out of here now i'm gonna get stuck here for a month so and then taiwan started closing air like in and out for people yeah, as well they did so, a good,
1: they shut everything they had major yeah. lockdowns so there.
0: had yeah. he waited a week he would have been screwed but mm. it worked out all right for him but still like and then he had to quarantine when he got back and he said they legitimately monitored me like I could not even go outside and smoke. It wow. was like I I was legitimately in my apartment for 2 weeks. People would drop off food at my front door and I'd, I that's the only way I could. So
1: here it's kind of suggested the quarantining like no one's really checking up on you. I uh, the way the way uh, the laws written or the rules written like many things in Japan it's kind of there's gray areas. So you actually probably didn't Really have to stay in, but you did, you did the right thing. I think they suggest it. That's that's the, yeah. the key there.
0: Well, and a lot of the stuff that I read, like after like 10 days, I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna go for a walk. Mm-hmm. And I did, and I avoided people, but a lot of the stuff that I had read is basically if you haven't shown any symptoms after 10 days, you you're no longer possible to transmit the virus. So at that point I was like, all right, I can go for walks. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not getting on the train. I'm not hanging out with right. people. I'm not yeah, going to bars. Yeah,
1: You're masking up and everything. Yeah. Even like out My interaction
0: street. with people was, was extremely minimal and I was outside. So I wasn't too concerned at that point, but you know, as far as like going to restaurants and bars, I didn't do that for two weeks. So, um, it was definitely an interesting experience. It's, it's something I'll probably never forget. Um, yeah, what a I, like time I said, to be alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, my I know my kid misses me, and he's thrilled with me coming home. But I, I, I joked with my wife. I said, "Listen," I said, "If there were certain outcomes of certain things in the U.S., I wasn't going home." Yeah, I, I joke. <laughs> I was joking when I said it, but I was kind of half joking. Yeah, I'm
1: glad we got a front row seat over here.
0: But I mean, it's 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 a weird time to be alive. I'll say that. Like especially seeing the news out of the states where they had a they had 200,000 cases yesterday but it was a lot because of a backlog but 140,000 on Wednesday.
1: Yeah.
0: And I'm like if if, if the people right people just person,
1: wear masks. Yeah. And not like, and the young people don't go out and try to party. I know, you know, in Vegas, you know, it's party capital of the country. Yeah, but a lot it's, of
0: stuff is closed. It's it's bizarre. They're closing but, it
1: back up again, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean the I governor was there basically in March, said March middle of March when the Strip closed, the day the Strip closed, I was leaving my hotel. I actually went there from, from Europe. I went to Sicily and did some um, humanitarian work there with education. But anyhow, I went to see my dad. It was his 75th birthday and they're like, oh, you're in Italy? You're not coming to the party. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> I went to Vegas and stayed in the, in the Luxor by myself for like five days.
0: <laughs> well what's funny is cuz I I I follow, I was following a lot of what was <clears> happening in Italy and almost everything I'm sure it's not the case now but almost everything was exclusively in the north like as you got yeah, farther south I was in, in Sicily Italy, there was no there was like one case report it yeah, was the you end got of February beginning of March yeah mm-hmm. like I was reading like all right Milan has like 35,000 cases Rome has 3,000 right yeah so, it
1: was it was the north mostly
0: Now, I'm sure it's everywhere in the country just because it spreads. But I'm still amazed here. Like, Hokkaido is is one of the worst-hit areas. And I guess it makes sense because it's cold. Everyone's indoors.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, people want to be inside, especially as it gets colder. And I don't know if if Japan is ever going to get to the point where, like, they're having tens of thousands of cases a day. I just don't think that's going to happen. Well,
1: I mean, people mask up, and it's not a touchy-feely culture. I mean, yeah, oh, people yeah, have been definitely. social distancing in Japan there for thousands of years.
0: <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I, and I think that's a big part of it. But like when it first started, I remember with the with the cruise ship, which was ironically here in Yokohama. Right. I was they telling my wife, mentioned,
1: they stressed that that those numbers right do not reflect Japan, whatever it is. Yeah.
0: Well, it was in like cases, 800 people on that cruise ship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm like. It's funny because I was in the I was over by the cruise terminal the other day and they had a poster of all the ships that were supposed to come into Yokohama in 2020 and the dates and I'm looking and I see up there's Diamond Princess it was supposed to come here like seven or eight times in 2020, but did it open up again? The the, port? the cruise terminal there yeah. there was it there were a couple ships there but I think it's it's a Japanese cruise I don't think it's like a okay. international. But there, there was some kind of Nippon Maru ship or something that was uh, in the in the cruise terminal. And there was one last week when I was down by the waterfront. I'm amazed, though. Like, Yokohama doesn't get the recognition that Tokyo or Osaka or even, like, you know, Hiroshima, Kyoto. But there's a lot to do in Yokohama. I mean, it's great a great town.
1: Beautiful, it's beautiful a, port. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's a pretty cool city. Like, and there's a the the uh, Sakura when you Gicho, come back,
1: I, think... I have to introduce you to a friend of mine who lives down there. He he's a former MLB scout with the Giants, and he he's Japanese American. He's but he's lived there for thirty years. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's funny because I mean, like we went to a Bay Stars game, and that's
1: what. Yeah, I finally wanted to ask you about you. You know, this is a baseball <laughs> podcast, but but yeah, uh, you you went to a game during COVID. Yeah, please tell me about that.
0: Well, it's funny because a lot of people want to know how I became a fan of Hanshin. Yes. And and I, I was reading one night, you know how you just go down those rabbit holes on YouTube? And somehow I came across a, a Hanshin Tigers game on YouTube. And I hadn't watched a whole lot of Japanese baseball before. In fact, if I had watched like an inning, that would have been a lot, because you just don't see it in the States. Even when, and I was one of the people, like, when it was, when they ESPN was doing the deal with Korean baseball, mm-hmm. I was like, they need to do one with Nippon Baseball, because this is the second there best is, league in the there world. Is
1: a, actually, there is a network that's doing it called For the Fans. Yeah. And you can get it free on, like, Roku, and I think it's also on, it's buried in uh, DirecTV. They do Pacific League only in, like, one game a day. Um, I actually jumped on there for a few innings as a guest about a month ago and just talked about like, you know, kind of like my academic research in baseball. Plus my experience living here as a baseball person, but uh, not so much. I didn't get into like analyzing players or anything, but um, yeah. So, and then next year, the Pacific league, See the Pacific League and the Central League are not on the same page. It's not; they're not under like the MLB, MLB media umbrella. They do things yeah. separate. Pacific League's very progressive. They're going to broadcast games next year in English. They'll have English coverage. Oh,
0: that's, that's cool.
1: That doesn't help you because you're a Tigers fan. Yeah, but, but it, it
0: is cool that 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 the league that probably has the best team in it will be available for English audiences because obviously. Sure. You know, Softbank, SoftBank is is the mm-hmm. team that has really dominated. I, it's funny. I looked it up one one day, and Sonny O, oh, who who is like, I guess, he, is he the, the He's not the CEO, but is he like the president of SoftBank? He's
1: the president.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's the president. That he's, guy he's owned has,
1: by SoftBank, which owns Sprint now, the biggest you know mobile phone carrier in
0: Japan. But the he that guy between playing for the Giants. And then playing for the Japanese national team. By the way, he's—I think Managing, I read,
1: He was the first uh, manager of the WBC World Baseball Classic. Team.
0: Yeah. In fact, in fact, I was at the second World Baseball Classic, the championship game, when you Darvish at Dodger Stadium blew the save in the ninth inning, and they came was, back and.
1: Wait, was I at that game? That was like Team USA lost. I was at the game yeah. where Darvish came out of the bullpen. And he, I think he closed it out, or he pitched middle relief. Yeah, or- they.
0: This was when they they beat Korea in the in the championship. But I saw them beat Cuba in San Diego in the. Uh, oh. I, I guess it was group games, and Korea did you fall was in also love
1: with Japanese baseball then, or you. Yeah, well, I. You know what? It, did you it see was all the funny fans because there and everything. There were a lot of Ichiro Japanese fans, was
0: I'm was sure. kind of the guy, but mm-hmm. even before Ichiro, being a Mets fan, and this goes to the Hanshin connection i became a big fan of shinjo shinjo
1: yeah
0: even though he he didn't really amount to anything in the states like i guess he his personality and the fact that he was kind of like a rock star and and basically a top, like a
1: top line model in japan
0: yeah i mean he he yeah. was a cult icon yeah in, in in the
1: sunglasses in japan and yeah yep. so yep. i was
0: like this guy's badass yeah, and I yeah, became yeah, a fan yeah. of him, and then I read a little more and saw he played for Hanshin. I mean, this was pre like Wikipedia, pre internet days, and and I never forgot Shinjo. And then the Mets also had a guy named Yoshi Masato That's Yoshi.
1: Kaz Matsui came,
0: yeah. Which is funny because I saw in uh, Nakano in a
1: Yoshi's store. a pitching coach for uh, Nippon Ham. Oh really? Yeah.
0: So I I. I was like, all right, I gotta check out Japanese baseball. And then I sp- I started watching these Hanshin games or this video on Hanshin. And I was like, this is the their fans are insane. I Most said this insane
1: is insane thing in-, in Japanese baseball. This That's- is did-, did you, you go it- to Koshien Have you been no, to a game there? No. Oh, next time you come back, we're
0: going. I'm 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 down for that. Yeah. So yeah. I watched a video of fans jumping off the bridge when they won the championship. And That's then I started reading water. about the, yeah. the-, the-, the curse. Of Randy Randy Bass. fried chicken, yeah, KFC, <laughs> the Colonel Sanders curse. Uh-huh. I was like, I was like, all right, this is this is the team. They're the Cubs.
1: They- they're the Cubs. They're they're the young dog. Yeah. You know, the Cubs of Japan for sure. They play
0: it. They play in the second biggest or in the second biggest market in in the city or in the country. Oldest
1: stadium. Oldest stadium.
0: Yeah, I'm like they are. I mean, in, in reality, they kind of remind me of the Mets, but the Mets are just inept. You know,
1: <laughs> well I, now you got an owner.
0: You're yeah, a Mets fan. Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, big now Mets you got fan. an owner and you got Sandy back. It's they're gonna, yeah. It they're sounds gonna like Trevor things. Bauer is definitely interested. Yeah. But when when I read about Hanchen, I was like, all right, this is this is the team for me. Like, so whenever I I I, I really started following when I met my wife, because I was like, all right, there's a chance at some point I'm going to be able to actually go to games in Japan. So I started following a little closely and I'm happy that they made the playoffs this year. I know they're probably not going to fare too well because it seems like they always end up losing to Tokyo or Yomiuri at some point, but I'm hooked now. Like, like now that I, I, I'm, even in the States, I check the scores every morning when I wake up. All right. What did Hanshin do? Oh, they lost to Hiroshima. They won't,
1: they won't make the playoffs this year. There's no, there's no climax series for the Central League. Oh, so the so Central they- League is sending the the Yamagiri Giants, who won the league, the pennant directly to the finals. The only um, climax series will be with uh, Lotte and uh, SoftBank, and you know, oh, SoftBank so- has the home field advantage like throughout the whole series, and they start up one game to none.
0: <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah that that i mean well and i know that korea is doing it, that like, too now they did that in the first round they kind of L- copied that lote is is the one who who they're playing
1: yeah chiba lote marines
0: yeah that's surprised team that this year Sabu was 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 really well playing well until like the final month of the season and then they've kind of they kind of went in the crapper
1: yeah they kind of i think they caught lote at one point it was yeah. it was neck and neck but yeah, so uh, I think you know SoftBank's perennial favorite. They just got so much money and so much reach, and they do a great job scouting. They're like, you know, I don't know if you noticed, but they have like uh, two or three Cuban nationals on the team who are impact players. So they have guys who can go and scout in Korea. Uh, excuse me, in Cuba, Cuban nationals.
0: Oh wow! Yeah, that makes they have a big difference.
1: Yeah, they get they and they have an agreement npb has an agreement with the cuban federation where they'll they'll lend them the players and they get you know the federation takes part of their salary or something 30 percent mlb had that deal all lined up and then uh you know we got a new president who put the kibosh on that
0: yeah well i think i think things will change <laughs> again i think we'll probably hopefully,
1: hopefully. But-, but obama did a great job he went down to cuba and went to a game and met with the federation and was able to put that
0: together. And then. poof. Well, yeah, I remember when the Cuban national team played against Baltimore in Baltimore yeah, during the Bush presidency. And I was like, this is really cool. Like, I mean, like I saw Cuba play, actually, ironically, I saw them play against Japan mm-hmm. and uh, our oldest Chapman actually pitched in that game for Cuba before oh, he, wow. before he became a member of, of the uh, Yankees. But like, I went to the World Baseball Classic game, and it was amazing because it was the the championship was at Dodger Stadium, which is a great place for this game to take mm-hmm. place. And it was Japan against South Korea, and I think actually Fujikawa, who who had just retired from, Close it out. He he pitched in that game. I think he pitched the eighth because Darvish came in in the ninth, Darvish. blew the game, and then he got the win in in the uh, the tenth. But I mean that was kind of like the first moment I actually got to cuz the Cuba game was 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 good but the game against Korea in the finals was was I was like this is phenomenal like every single at bat thunder sticks horns people Koreans cheering. too
1: Koreans yeah, go to a KBO game they go at it too and that's like a disco cuz they've got like you know some DJ in there playing music and dancers on top of the dugouts throughout the game
0: oh my gosh it's (laughs) like it's like a it's like a k-pop concert then
1: (laughs) exactly it is with the baseball game mixed in
0: my first uh
1: game i'm glad you said hanshan i'm not really a fan of any team i like players here yeah Um, but i live in the Kansai area so i do cheer for them but i lived in nagoya the longest in japan so i'm kind of a dragon fan. okay my first game was in 2002 i was teaching here in in japan and then went back for a number of years to the states but i saw hideki matsui uh it was scoreless and then he came up in the eighth inning his final year with the giants and i'm like well this guy's not doing anything and he hits this double off the wall line drive giants won And I'm like, I'm like, he came to the Yankees the next year. I'm like, yeah, I saw that guy play last year. That's funny. Yeah, that was,
0: I remember when, when Darvish actually signed with the, uh, when, when he, when he he was posted and I was like, oh, this guy's going to be a big deal in the U S you know, like I, I saw him pitch for Japan, but I mean, I don't really know if it's ever really panned out as, as expected. I mean, I think there's, there's a big difference, especially for pitchers. There because yeah. now you pitch every five days as opposed to every what yeah, like, six days over here. Um, yeah,
1: and they pitch and, backwards here, and you have to change your approach there and go, you know, rely more on your fastball.
0: Um, yeah, and the guys and, and, don't and, really have it, but like, yeah. I mean, I,
1: he, I, I, he he can he can bring it, but he's
0: he's I'd say he's really kind of figured it
1: out in the last few years. He also had a lot of injuries. Yeah, but he had a good year this year. Actually, isn't he kind of up for the Cy Young?
0: Or I, he's you a- know, I feel like he he did have a good year. I don't I don't yeah remember his numbers, but I mean, it's like sometimes it does take a while. And the funny thing is, like Ichiro, and a lot of like, injuries like, with him too. Like looking at at Ichiro's career, like the way he he really wasn't expected to amount to a whole lot, and you can look back and and. I'd make the case that he's the best hitter in the history of baseball, like pure hitter. Like people say, like if
1: if he he came over earlier and played, you know, had all those 4000 plus hits in MLB, but people are, you know, a lot of people are convinced
0: that it doesn't count for what he did over here. Which to me is nonsense, right? Like, to me, it it should count, right? I mean, it's...
1: It counts, but the the level is not... The pitching level is not what it is in MLB.
0: But the I I feel like if Shohei can stay healthy, I feel like he's got it... Yeah, he's got an opportunity to be a force because clearly he can Sadly,
1: he's never been healthy since high school. This goes back to 10th or 11th grade. He's been injured, like, you know, every year, every other year type of thing.
0: Yes, yeah, um, I, I watched. He was a guy who I actually got to watch a lot of when I lived in Taiwan because he was playing for Ham Fighters at the time. And they had a guy, Yo, an outfielder who was Taiwanese. Right. And so he's that with was the,
1: the Giants now, I think.
0: Yeah. So that was the, the games that they broadcast a lot. Oh, cool. in Taiwan, because he was playing for, you know, I think he was one of the only Taiwanese guys in the league. And he was I guess he was a really good player. So
1: He played high school here in Japan and then he, you know, got drafted actually into NPB. Yeah. He's been here a long time. Yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. uh, He played with the fighters and now he's with the Giants. So is there,
0: is there a lot of that where guys will go between leagues and change because I, I get the sense that generally guys play for the same team for almost their entire career
1: yeah they don't they don't move around a lot they're starting to a little bit more to like you know to get more money like uh Yamada the second baseman for Yakult he may leave for more money but no there's loyalty you know it's it's different they they, they also you know they there's a lot more loyalty here let's just put it that way compared to MLB where you're a you know you're a businessman and you're a hired gun and there's a lot more selfish people there let's yeah, America is a more selfish place.
0: Yeah, know? absolutely. <laughs> but
1: but um, generally, they you now the foreign guys, they generally um, for whatever reason they don't a lot of times get re-signed for a long time. Like they'll do like three or four years with one team, and then that'll be it. They'll go on to another team. They like to replenish them with probably younger guys. They don't really like veteran guys. There've been a few. Randy mm-hmm. uh Messenger with with Hanshin. Yeah. Played his entire career with them. And he actually played eight years in Japan, so he became a free agent. So if it if Hanschen re-signed him or any team re-signs him, they wouldn't count he wouldn't count towards the uh the foreigner quota, which is only four players. Okay. So yeah, that's there are it. That's a few a- guys who've done that. Um him and there's maybe another one one guy coming up on that. I can't think of it offhand,
0: but yeah. That's really interesting because I I, I know the name Messenger, obviously, because I, I I know he did play in the majors, but like – um hey, He, was a, he was a
1: workhorse there. here. I mean, the guy would throw like, I don't know, one time, eight or nine complete games in a year or something like Jeez. that. Real workhorse. But then again, you know, they're only pitching once a week. so
0: And then the weird thing to me is the tie. Like I understand, yeah. Like, I think it's
1: okay. a lot to do with the train system too. Yeah, you you,
0: you got to get, but you know Mid, what? Maybe
1: trains stop at midnight.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of a, a. I understand that aspect, but it's 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 always going to be bizarre to me that you end the baseball yeah. game. You in
1: saw Mr. Baseball. Uh, you seen Mr. Baseball? Yeah, Tom the Selleck. Yeah, yeah. Play with yeah, the dragons. Yeah, he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> the game's over. He was pissed off.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's Ty, That's it. Um, I hope they go to like an MLB goes to it too. If they well, I, I don't know. Do you like twenty four inning games or would you rather see them in the tenth or eleventh put a couple of guys on base or put a runner on second?
0: When I was when I was working for the Idaho Falls in, in the Pioneer League, we had like one of the one of the early games in the season went to like twenty innings and we had to bring in a second baseman to pitch. They ended up getting the win. Wow. But but like when when you run out of pitchers and you have to have position players, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, yeah, it's kind of a problem. Fortunately, I feel like that's a real rarity, but still it's one of those things where it's like, it's really, really like confusing to me that, um, uh, you know, a game would end in a tie, especially after only one inning. Like to me, that's, that's really strange, but, um, I don't know. I mean, I guess you get used to it, but it's still it's a it's always gonna be a foreign concept to me.
1: What are some of the other things before we go here that you noticed that are different at the games here?
0: Um sure, I, I, I think the drums, right? Like the, mm-hmm. the, the the drums. I mean at the Hauntion game there were the horns, there were the drums. I mean there wasn't a lot of cheering and singing, but La-
1: you went to a game last year though? You No, no. Oh, so you've never been to a game uh before COVID. Ah, yeah. okay. You're not yeah, getting was,
0: the experience. So no, I like, feel like I kind of got, got screwed out of it. That's but an
1: abbreviated version of a, of a fan experience.
0: I like the yeah. way guys come in from the bullpen in the little in futuristic the car.
1: We used to have that in, in uh, the Yankees had the Toyota pinstripe, Toyota Corolla yeah. back in the late 70s. That's yeah. This it looks like it, it came from that. outer
0: space. Um, <laughs> I, I I did enjoy the, 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 the fact that uh, – quite honestly, the game seemed to move quick. Mm, Like, there were a lot lot of pitching changes, but even though, like, The average game is a little bit longer, actually, here. Except if you Um, watch the Yankees, right? The Yankees always seem to play four-hour games. (laughs) Yeah.
1: The pitchers take their time. Like, you know, if you see, like, Spencer Patton, who's been with Yokohama a while, been in Japan four years, he works so much faster than the Japanese pitchers. It's a vast difference.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, they, they work uh, slow here. Guys take their time in the batter's box, out of the batter's box, you know, fumbling around with stuff. Um, but, yeah. Uh, how about the food at the games? Were you surprised by the uh, offerings?
0: Yeah, you know what? We we I had some gyoza and I had some noodles, which was which was always good. Yakisoba and gyoza is always a good time. Uh, I I'll tell you what it sound it sounds creepy, but I like the beer girls.
1: Oh, it's it's funny. Yeah, it's uh it's
0: entertaining. And like the, uh, the, the beer girls to me were, were really cool. Like I was like uh, this is definitely an an interesting. Uh, oh, one aspect. second, Chris. Yep. Oh,
1: I got a delivery. Give me one second here. All right. I got a delivery guy just knocked on my window. <laughs> <laughs> beer girls, they work their butts off because they're carrying those mini kegs on their back and they're, man, they're hustling.
0: Yeah. I was amazed at how many different beers they actually had. Like Bay Stars have their own brewery and they brew mm-hmm. their own beer. So there were like three or four different Bay Stars beers. And then, of course, they had Asahi and uh, Kieran. Mm-hmm. Which I'm actually Kieran is is a beer I'm a big fan. Oh, and Ebisu. I like Ebisu too. is good. Yeah. But like I was like I like wow, Sapporo
1: is my favorite. It's yeah, I've
0: a, well we did the Kieran brew tour the last time I was here. And I was like, this is freaking this is I mean, I've always liked Kieran when I eat sushi. But where is that? It's uh it's in Yokohama. It's actually in like a, a I'd say more industrial part of town. Okay. Like it's not downtown, but it's really not far. Like Yokohama is is kind of compact, I think. Like I know, like ESPN did a special on Koshien. I don't know if you'd seen. Yeah, it,
1: did you? No, I want to see good. it. It was it was good,
0: and the yeah. high school that they that they did was in was actually it's funny because it's right off the Shinkansan. but it's kind of in a south part of the city that's a little bit more away from everything. Like I would have expected them to do a, a high school that was actually like a big high school, but they talked to the guy who coached. Um, it's Hard to get people to sign on to that. Yeah, They're pretty guarded did, over here. They did talk to the coach who who he was part of it. He was the ment. He was the um, the the coach of the Yokohama High School was the mentor to this guy, and now he's won it a couple of times, and he he coached. Um, who's the pitcher for the Mariners? iwakuma no the the, he's still there is it is it uh i can't think of his name but he coached otani and then he coached the pitcher for the mariners and uh, a high school in Almori, prefecture and he was part of it
1: iwakuma just came back was it him
0: no i i no i can't i'm gonna i'll look it up um okay but yeah he was um the coach was part of it, but the the mentor was um, oh Kikuchi. Oh Kikuchi, that, yeah. Oh you, you say- oh
1: yes, I know. Yeah, I know who the coach is actually. Yeah, I've met him, Coach Sasaki, Sasaki-san.
0: Oh wow, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, he I've, was I've met him. He was yeah. part of that that brought that that movie or the special. So mm-hmm. um, two major leaguers. Yeah one school it's amazing and
1: and and uh it's in the middle of nowhere in uh way past tokyo way like up in tohoku kind of where the earthquake happened yeah it doesn't
0: strike me as a prefecture where where you're going to get a lot of young people but i guess you know you recruit guys because i don't it's a good
1: program yeah he's a great coach and it's actually it's good because there's no distractions up there they just focus on baseball
0: yeah, and it's a little more country. It, it's funny because mm-hmm. what I noticed is a lot of the Taiwanese players that would come and play in the minors, a lot of them were born in the south part of the country. Taidong, Tainan. Are they your tribal
1: it, guys? Are they Taiwanese Taiwanese? A lot Chinese? a lot of them a are lot of Taiwanese
0: them are. guys. Yeah. And there's not a ton of good players that have come from like Taipei. But a lot of them come from the south, A, because it's warmer. I think that has something to do with it. Mm-hmm. But there's also a lot less to do. So the distractions, if you're, if you're a young Taiwanese kid coming up and you're in Taidong, which is like complete opposite side of the island from, from Taipei, the only thing you could really do is fish and surf.
1: You yeah. know,
0: you're not going to get yourself into trouble because it's a small city. There's a lot of farms. There's a lot of country. So, a lot of those kids are, are are coming up, working hard, working in farms, working as you know with their parents doing good, fishing. Good work ethic, yeah, yeah. Good work. Whereas ethic. in Taipei, the parents are white collar; they probably buy everything. They live in super nice apartments. But even like if coll- you're in a
1: city here, like Ichiro, he he played in Nagoya in a high school there, but he lived in the dormitory. The players, your 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 legit high schools here. The players aren't going home for more than a week or two a year. A year. They go home for New Year that and that's it.
0: That was the good thing about this special. I got to see that because mm-hmm. the coach of, of the Yokohama High School, his son was good enough to go play at this high school in Almori. So he left and he only – the dad all, said, I'll probably never see him play a high school game. Mm. So, yeah, like, because he doesn't have the time coming up. And the other thing that, that was really interesting about it, and I didn't know, Japanese high school is three years. As That's it, to,
1: 10th, 11th, 12th grade, yeah. Yeah,
0: so like junior high is what, seven, eight, nine? Yeah. So like I, I, I found that aspect of it to be really interesting as well. But um, it's just a, what, what I find is the culture here, especially around sports, is there's a lot of female fans, which is really cool. And they're legitimate fans. Like they understand what's going on Mm -hmm. and they're not there just to be there.
1: No, no, they're not there to just BS with their friends and drink a beer. like No, they're
0: into it. They're on it, especially
1: if you're in that Owen Owen Don section,
0: right? Yeah, like I picked that up at the soccer game and how many, like even in the supporter section, there were a lot of women. And they were there with their girlfriend, and they were into the game. Like to me, that was really cool. Um, My wife, not the biggest sports fan, but even she was there, and she was like, "I want to see what's going on. I want to watch a game." Hmm. So, like to me, that's that's a really cool aspect, and I don't think people here would would like see how different that is in the states. Like a lot of times, when I went back to the
1: states, and I went to a. A Phillies game a few years ago and I was just like so shocked because people were like you know booing and their own you know their own players you don't you don't hear anybody boo here even if you well that's your well, right? <laughs> yeah I mean just anywhere in MLB people are going to boo the other team but yeah, um, yeah it's just so different right like even here I don't know if you noticed like the opposing team doesn't get a lot of boos from the home
0: team no, no. I mean, like even when I mean, granted, it was a Bay Stars game, but even when Lopez hit that home run in the ninth inning to tie the game, there wasn't like Hanchen fans. Oh, this guy always blows. But the fans, they weren't like angry or like I knew when I said up. Oh, that's it. Like he's gonna blow this game. I knew. I knew as soon as he came in, he was gonna blow the game. And my wife was like, "How do you know?" I'm like i could just tell by watching him throw yeah and sure enough but i was probably the only one who was angry
1: (laughs) (laughs) did you boo
0: (laughs) no 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 definitely not i was like i'm gonna watch what everyone else does i've only
1: seen one guy get booed here not here in korea it was um well i I did a little stuff about if you look back at my youtube channel there was a There's a player there back in 13 called Shane Eumann, or maybe it was 2012. 2012 or 13, and the guy, the Korean player, said something about him in an interview. He happened to be an African-American gentleman, Uh, and the Korean player said, you know, they asked him, well, how come, you know, you can't, you don't hit well against Shane Eumann? What is it? And he goes, uh, well, his uh, face is so dark that all I could see is his teeth and it's distracting. And oh. it, like, like amongst the, us, the foreigners there, foreign community, teachers and all that, we went ballistic. But like the team and the player, they were like, oh, it's, he was just joking. It's no big deal. And so that player faced, um, his name was uh, Kim Tae faced Shane Newman about a few days later and I went and covered it. I've got video on it and everything. And that, and the, 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 the uh, the, they were on the road, the player who said the thing, you know, the derogatory thing. So he got his ass booed. And that was the only time I ever heard that in, in Korea or Japan. A player So they,
0: they, booed. they booed the, they booed human. No, no, no. They booed oh, the
1: they... guy who said the racist thing.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. Human
1: yeah, was the hometown boy. He was pitching in front of This is down in Pusan. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So I was really happy about that. Cause I,
0: I, I had, I had, I've, I've only been to Seoul. I've never actually been anywhere else in Korea. I've been to the airport a ton of times, but usually, usually I fly on Asiana when I was going back and forth to Taiwan and when I lived in the Philippines, the same thing. So like I had been, I've been to Incheon airport a bunch of times, but I'd only been to Seoul like outside of the airport. But I knew some people who taught in Korea, and and I heard some real interesting things. Especially if you're in places outside of Seoul and yeah, Busan, yeah, they're just
1: not used to foreigners, you know. They, they yeah, but Busan is a pretty cool city. This uh, this particular player, I don't know where, and he he played in Japan too, Kim Tae Goon, so he should know better. You know, he played. He actually, when the earthquake hit, uh, was it March of 2011? He hightailed it out of here. Oh wow. Team he was gonna, I don't even know if he played. He might have just went to spring training and that was it. But anyhow, that happened and there was another incident there where um this guy, Dominican guy and he was dark, um Hector Netus, I think. No, not Hector Neris. I can't remember his name. It will come to me later. He threw it he he hit a guy in the head on accident.
0: Oh right? no. And
1: and and then he struck out the side. I think, like, strike out, strike out, strike out. So they put this cartoon of him in in the uh, newspaper with like a KKK guy behind them because he struck out
0: three guys in a row. Oh, like, I'm like,
1: what the heck is going on here? You know, they just didn't they didn't get it.
0: Yeah, that's like it's like tone deaf stuff and detached from reality yeah, type stuff. I mean, didn't get it. I. I it's weird because even living in Taiwan, like, and I feel like Taiwan is very westernized because there are so many foreigners that live in Taiwan, especially in in places that most foreigners wouldn't really flock to, like, like mm-hmm. not off the top, like off the top of my head, I'm like, yeah, I probably wouldn't want to live in that part of Taiwan, but there's a lot of foreigners who do. And like, I, I would see and hear things occasionally where I'm like, like it's weird they have a thing in Taiwan where apparently Nazis are are kind of like I don't want to say respected or cool but like it's not really understood just how awful they are and like sometimes you'll read a story about a kid at school where a where's a Nazi costume for Halloween or a teacher dressed up like yeah. like Hitler and you're like deaf. yeah, yeah. And you're like why happened in Thailand
1: Earth? too I've seen this happen in Thailand
0: like yeah. it, it just blows me away, and I'm like, I I, 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 guess maybe as an American, we're a little more. I mean, especially where you and I grew up. I mean, where I grew up.
1: Yeah, we grew up with kids. a lot of people who were Holocaust
0: survivors. Yeah, I mean, I mean, every. I mean, like I said, I lived in Lakewood. Lakewood has one of the largest Orthodox Jewish communities in the world, especially percentage wise. So, like, you grew up understanding the racism. Mm-hmm. The, the bigotry and just the, the the overall like impact that that transpired especially like, that racism and, and being you know against someone because of the religion i guess you understand that but like yeah when, when you're I, from when a I homogeneous
1: traveled, place like you know where there's just one race you, you're not really attuned to it there's because there's really there's not much racism maybe against some foreigners
0: but yeah. not much like I don't, I don't get the like. It's it's funny because, and and maybe I'm viewing things wrong, but when I look at a lot of the of the, of the prominent Japanese athletes today, I look at Naomi Osaka. I know there's a track kid, and yeah, their parents University are black. Of
1: Florida, maybe I think. Yeah, University yeah, I
0: can't remember. I think his last name is it Sashi Brown or something. I, I know is he he's a track runner, and I think his name is Brown. Even mm-hmm. um, the basketball player Hachimura. Yep.
1: Like, yeah, they're next race yeah
0: I feel like like it's not really and maybe I'm missing it and I don't see it but I see that maybe and like I said maybe I'm not seeing this fully but I feel like Japan kind of embraces a lot of foreigners like like I know there's some things government wise but I feel like as a population, like I feel like racism is probably very it's maybe swept under the rug I I, I don't know but like, yeah. I don't see it. Like, I don't, even when I, when I go through like, parts I think it's, of it's
1: more like anything, like you just, it's, you know, people get afraid of someone who's different than them. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they may, they, you know, but then once they get to, like, for example, when I used to, when I went to the, join the gym over here. Okay. And it's mostly as the population is mostly old men in the, you know, at the gym and in the locker yeah. room and all that. And, well, first off, I have a tattoo on my leg, and they hate tattoos here.
0: Oh, I've got so seven, I was- so I, I I have not been in any <laughs> hot springs that are better public. Well, you better <laughs> cover
1: them up. With you. So I had to cover it up, and but once these older men got to know me, and one broke the ice, uh, and you know, then they all like many of them wanted to come over and talk to me. As time went on, it's yeah, it's getting you know, you have to be able to learn about people and understand. Okay, they're different, but you know, look at person's heart. Don't look at, you know, the color of their skin or they get a tattoo or whatever. Yeah.
0: Well, and that's one of the things like I I, I my grandfather passed away a long time ago, but my grandfather was in the army during World War Two. And yeah, he was he was here. He was in the Pacific. So he never met my wife, but I know he he fought in battles. Actually, I, I don't know if he actually fought. Was, but he, he, was, in,
1: he, was, was he in Okinawa?
0: Uh, I know he was, I think he was in, in some of the smaller islands. Uh-huh. Um, I think he was in the Philippines and I think okay. he was, but like when I, when I look at, um, some of the stuff, like, I wonder how my grandfather would feel about me being married to a Japanese woman because Shame here, yeah. For, for him, it was, I mean, he was stationed here after the war as well. He was in Kobe actually, which mm. I, I don't know how big of a base that was for the U S but I wonder if. Because I never had the chance to talk to him about it because I was pretty young when he passed away. But, like, I wonder if his impression of Japanese people changed from even in the short time from when he was fighting against the Japanese to when he was helping rebuild the country. Probably,
1: yeah. Like, I had had an an uncle who really liked it here.
0: He actually was down
1: in Okinawa after the war. And I don't know if he fought there, he might have. Um, but anyhow, yeah, I think a lot of the GIs
0: liked it. Like, I know my, my father was a Navy guy, and he was in Vietnam. and Mine too, yeah. And it, it's, it's funny, because when, when he passed away, unfortunately, a couple of years ago, so I never I really got that. to talk too much about it. But I know he, he from what he told me, he really enjoyed He was in Sasebo, which I guess is on the other side.
1: My dad too. He, they might have been on funny. the same. He was on the USS Nimitz or something.
0: Oh, aircraft carrier, I think. Yeah,
1: yeah. They might have yeah. been on the same ship. No, my, my,
0: wow. dad, my dad was on a, a, I think he was on a destroyer, but okay. Um, he, it's funny because I remember him telling me when I, when I was living in the Philippines, I had to make a visa run and I was thinking about going to Vietnam and my dad said, listen, he goes, go to Cameron Bay. He goes, that's where I was. He goes, it was one of the most beautiful places I've ever been in my life. He said, I loved it there. He goes, if I he goes, if I wasn't there for a war, he said, I could have just set up and, and lived on that beach. So like I remember him telling me a lot about how much he liked being in Asia and how he wished he would have stayed in the Navy after the war. So he could have spent some more time over here. But like he told me, like Japan was one of his favorite places. And and it's like it's funny because I met my wife after, but I know he would have he would have been on on the plane, like coming to visit me when I moved here, he would have been like, all right, I'm going to come hang with you in in Japan.
1: My dad actually was in Sasebo and Yokohama. His, his ship was docked there.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know if he was ever, I don't know if my dad was ever in Yokosuka because I have his old book Mm -hmm. that that kind of like talked about their travels. I think he, I think he would have had to have been because he sent my grand. I found the postcard when I was cleaning out his stuff. And he sent my grandmother a postcard from Nico. I don't think he would have gone to Nico from Sasebo. I think he would have had to have been near Tokyo mm. in order to go to Nico. So I I, I don't know. But my guess is he, he probably was here. But yeah. um, I, yeah. I don't know for it's sure. Cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a great. Well, listen, man, it's great talking to you. We get, we, man, hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Might have to make this into three parts. <laughs> but no, man. I think uh, I'm glad I finally touched base with you, uh, you know, on online here.
0: And, yeah, I know um, we've been we've been trying for a bit.
1: Yeah, and I'm glad you had a good. time Looks like you had a good trip here. Good I had today. a great.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I loved it. I I can't wait to come back. I mean, I'm hoping I'm at a vacation now, but I'm hoping you know I'll be able to come back in the summer. Hopefully, the COVID stuff dies down, and you know, my wife is holding out hope that we'll be able to go to the Olympics. But mm-hmm. I, I I don't know for sure. Um, apply for your
1: um, apply for your spouse visa, and then it'll be easier for you, and then you can you can come and go as you please more easily. Yeah, that's you kinda, have to keep re reapplying.
0: That's well, what I recommend. I mean, as long as they have the special one, I, I I guess that's the best way to go. I mean, at, at some point, I am going to have to special
1: one's it. okay, but you're going to have to apply again. Or how Every long is time. it good for? Every time. 90, no, it, spouse- yeah, it's only
0: good for ninety days.
1: Spousal visa would be good for a year, and then you apply after that year for another one, and it's real easy.
0: Yeah, I think that's, that's probably our plan. I mean, because I know mm-hmm. in five years, we're five, six years, we've already talked about moving back. I mean, it's funny. I'm looking at apartments already. I'm like, yeah. How... What's nice is I've been here so much that I kind of have ideas on places I'd like to live. And because she works for the kan- Kanagawa government, we're going to be in, in this area which is good for me because it opens up a lot of opportunities for potential jobs. But, and obviously having that spouse visa, that, that opens up a lot of so doors you have well. um? Do
1: you have a bachelor's or a master's?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I have a bachelor's.
1: Okay. If you want to get into the teaching thing, I can help you with that. Get your master's in teaching. Yeah. If you're, if you're into it, because it's pretty good pay, but I'll, I'll talk to you. Actually, let's sign off here. And there's a couple of things I want to talk to you about offline. All right. So, Chris, thank you so much for uh, coming on, man, like 90 minutes. I took up uh, 90 minutes of your vacation. <laughs> I, hope, <laughs> I hope your wife's uh, not standing by ready to kill me. No, she, she's at work, so it worked out <laughs> okay, It worked good, out good. good,
0: good. Um, she had a big <laughs> meeting this morning, so she she's in the office. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, cool. it, it was fun. I mean, it's nice to connect with, with another sports fan over here, and, you know, I'm sure we'll definitely be in touch. By the way, I think I just felt the ground shake a little bit. Um, really? Yeah, it seems small though. Maybe it's okay. Just I the didn't way... feel
1: anything over here.
0: But we, we had one a couple weeks ago, and it was just a quick jolt, and it was like that. But then a few minutes later, my wife got a uh, text message saying that there was an earthquake. I think it was like a three, but oh. it was enough for us to feel it.
1: Was that like last week?
0: It may have been like two weeks ago. I think.
1: Okay, I didn't. Okay, because I think something happened last week. Maybe it was a, a drill. Sometimes you get these emergency drills on your phone um these notifications
0: yeah That's it's why i guess for me it'd be Freaks good to out. learn a little japanese right <laughs> <Freak> <laughs>
1: out. well i don't know i mean i'd probably have to be a native speaker to read this thing it's all this kanji and everything
0: oh no <laughs> yeah
1: all right dude well listen let's sign off here and uh you're gonna come to a game with me hopefully when you come back to japan
0: yeah, definitely. We will definitely make that happen because my wife knows I, I want to go back down to that part of the country, and uh, you know, I mean, it's 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 great because I could just jump on the Shinkansen and I'm there in like two hours. So, yep, I've never done Kyoto. I was actually supposed to go to. Uh, you're in, you're in Kobe or Kyoto? Kobe, uh, excuse me, <laughs> Kobe. Kobe, yes. Oh, okay. Which
1: is kind of I- like about an hour and forty five from Kyoto.
0: Okay. Yeah, I was supposed to go to Kyoto. This would have been
1: the best time to go to Kyoto for you because there are no tourists there. It yeah. is tourist hell. I mean, it's really, it's real, I feel bad for the people who live there because tourists have just taken over that area, especially near the station. But anyhow, let's jump off, say goodbye, and then I'll uh, talk to you offline. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, yeah, not a problem, man. Have a great day. You too.